Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Sandoval Bench Podcast. Uh, as always, have a lot to get into. Missed a lot of stuff uh, this weekend. Uh, Julio Jones got traded. Uh, Coach K stepped down. And then, uh, you know, some a little shakeup there with the Boston Celtics. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, some playoff teams were eliminated in the NBA playoffs. Moving on to the next round. Uh, the next round has started a couple of games already. Uh, so we'll break that down as well. We can start first with the the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, that game going to Game Seven. The Clippers ended up closing that out. Um, you know, they they looked completely lost the first couple games there. Uh, Luca was just amazing the entire series. Last game, I think he ended up with forty seven points there. Uh, and then they they ended up losing. Still, you know, they lost. They they needed some help there. Um, from someone besides uh, Luca and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Przingis only had seven points in that that last game there. Um, actually, Luca had 29. Uh, there was a game before where Luca had 47. Um, and you know, I, I'm not sure where Dallas goes from here. You know, they they want to make a move. Obviously, uh, there's some growing frustrations with with uh, Przingis and his role. He thinks he's not being treated like the number two guy. Um, you know, and that's the problem with some of these guys is that they think they're they're better than the, what they are. You know, he he's kind of plateaued and he's he's been inconsistent in and out of the lineup. And like I said earlier this season, is that I think I think Dallas has to find someone who who can take on that contract. Um, you know, he he's gonna get paid thirty million plus the next couple of years. Not a lot of teams have that cap room, so you know he they'd have to find a a team who. Who has the the salaries match up? But maybe you look at a Kevin Love, or um, not sure. Maybe uh, I don't know if CJ is available uh, for Przingis from from uh, Portland. I don't make that deal. But Dallas has to find a way to get out of that Przingis deal because they're all also not even friends off the court. You know, Mark Cuban brought them together to hopefully there is some European connection that they're friends. But they have different interests, and Luca is a generational talent and for some reason Prozingas doesn't think that he should he should uh, share the ball or the spotlight with Luca for some reason it's like okay dude like Luca's first and then everyone else should fall in line and Tim Hardaway Jr. is obviously the number two guy there uh Przingis needs to I think he needs to bulk up a little bit he just looks like uh he's just so tiny out there he he's not consistent in the post at all he you know he um he gets pushed around easily down there, especially if he's trying to get a rebound. Um, I think he settles a lot for too many jump shots. And, um, yeah, there's some frustrations there. I, I think it uh, looks like Rick Carlisle is going to stay coaching there. Um, but, you know, it's a one-man show there, it seems like. And, you know, Tim Hardaway has been consistent here and there in the series. But, um, you know, the, the Clippers, they have so many guys that they can throw at Luka to force other guys to beat them. And that's what they did. You know, they they definitely responded well after those first two losses. And maybe it was a coaching decision, which have, having uh, Tyron Liu instead of Doc Rivers, it seemed like the Clippers were just going to crumble again. You know, like they've done the past few the past couple of years, and then they didn't. They responded well, and then they won like they should have won. Uh, but I I look for some sort of shakeup with uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. Not sure where they could go. Like I said, but uh, they got to do something. They can't stay stagnant there with the same the same roster and then try to just have some Luka magic and have him have another MVP type year and then push, push them over the top. You know, they need to do what they, what Dirk did, what they did with Dirk, what they, they get role players, they get some shooters, get some defense 
and then just really have a whole collective effort, and then you have that one player with that MVP season who can who can take you over the top. So for the Clippers, now they face one-seeded Utah team. Utah's been looking really good. Um, I don't know what I can can really compare it to since they, they just played uh, Memphis, who seemed to just be a little too young there for the spotlight. Played well in moments, but uh, weren't consistent enough, especially defensively, uh, to hold off Utah or even make it a series, really. But Utah, they look, they're, they're so in sync. They're playing well together right now. Mike Conley is missing the first game, though. I think they need Mike Conley to win uh, if they have any shot at winning the NBA Finals. So if Mike Conley is out, um, I'll, I'll take the Clippers. I had them going to the Conference Finals. I'll stick with that. Um, so I'll, I'll pick the Clippers to beat the Jazz in that one, stick with what I had before. And then moving on to the, uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Lakers were eliminated by the Suns, and I think this says more about about more about Phoenix than it does uh, L.A. You know, it seemed like when Anthony Davis went down with a groin injury for that last game, um, and then he was he didn't play. Uh, was it game game five? He didn't play, and then you know LeBron. I wanted to see him just drop fifty, you know, but I guess it seemed, he you know he still has that ankle injury. Maybe he felt like the guys that he has right now they can't win a championship. People have been inconsistent in and out of the lineup. Uh, people, you know, you had Schroeder uh, still recovering from COVID and didn't have his legs under him, still was not in game shape. Um, and then I guess Anthony Davis got cleared for some reason for the game six. Then he was out within the first minute, you know, and there was some speculation that he had uh, he had decided to play because Charles Barkley said that he calls him street clothes because he's always in his street clothes. And I think he wanted to prove, like, hey, you know, I'm not soft. I'm, I'm going to try to give my 100% effort. And then he got injured, like, right away. And then they just got, you know, they just were out of the game the entire time. And in Phoenix, you know, normally you would see a young team who's like, oh, we're about to beat LeBron in the playoffs. And then they just crumble. But Devin Booker showed out, had, what did he have, 47 points. You know, he he's here. You know, he's showing everyone he's here. He's finally getting his respect. You know, I, I, I've talked about him, you know, um, always wanting to win the – get in the All-Star game, and it seemed like people were just worried about getting the All-Star game. Like, oh, so much disrespect and all this. It's like, well, show us if you can do this in the playoffs. You know, you're good in the regular season. You put up big numbers, but you're on losing teams all the time. And now he's finally shown, like, you know, they're not just winning just, you know, just because um, – of Devin Booker, you know, they're winning collectively, but the way that they're winning with Devin Booker and how dominant he's been, he's attacking the basket, he's hitting all the shots, he's active. You can tell he really wants it. And, you know, uh, Chris Paul isn't lining it up offensively, but, you know, he has that leadership role there. Then you got Jake Crowder, you got Bridges there, you got other role players who are stepping up in big moments. And DeAndre Ayton, he, he, he played well against AD when AD was in the lineup. And, you know, that, that was my, my problem with picking Phoenix was that um, I wasn't sure if the young guys were going to show up, but they have shown up and they have played really well. Now we're going to have this series for them against um, against Denver, which is is very exciting series, I think. And as far as the Lakers go, I'm not sure where L.A. goes from here either. You know, kind of like Dallas, they're just locked into these current contracts here. Maybe they could get Kyle Lowry. Uh, that was rumored this past uh, trade deadline. Uh, but you're locked in with, with AD 
and LeBron, and then I think you have Marcus Gasol for another contract, and then they've already said they're going to bring, uh, what's his name, Andre Drummond back, and then, I mean, in one of those games, you had two starters, Schroeder and uh, KCP, they had zero points, you know, and, and like, you can't, you're not going to win games if you have two guys with zero points, so I think they're going to make some changes, I'm not sure how the, how the contract situation is going to work out, or, or what their most valuable asset is, you know, maybe... Dennis Schroeder has already said that he's going to re-sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know if they even want to bring him back, though. Um, at, you know, he's probably going to get $15 million a year, something like that. But, um, but yeah, they, they obviously got to make some changes, especially because you're trying to capitalize whatever LeBron has left, maybe a year or two, not sure. You know, he looked really fatigued, and then he had his injury that he was trying to overcome. And I was expecting the last game for him to drop 50, say, hey, you know, I still got it. You know, he was putting up big numbers, but it just seemed like he wasn't as aggressive. And maybe he thought, like, hey, if we win this game and we extend the series, you know, I'd rather get my rest and get AD back fully healthy and make these roster changes instead of trying to just get to the next round for the sake of getting the next round because they know he knows they have no shot. That team had no shot after that. I, I honestly thought that, you know, if they were fully healthy, they, they were going to repeat. You know, that's why I picked them. And then uh, moving on to the Nuggets and the Blazers. Uh, Blazers get eliminated in, the, in game six. Lillard just seemed, he just seemed out of it that last game. Like, he just, he couldn't replicate um, what he did the game before when he scored 55. I think that was, that was the game that they, they needed to win. He, he pours his, he has a crazy game, sends him to overtime twice, and they lose that game. That was a series right there. They lost the series right there. It was just such a, a devastating loss for them. They couldn't recover, and they just, they just couldn't bounce back from that and, and then to win that next game against Denver and then that was it you know and and for Portland like a lot of these teams who who, who just got bounced it's like they're kind of locked in at, at, with certain in certain situations and there, there's not a lot of flexibility there with Portland they ended up firing Terry Stotts you know as 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 that was rumored you know I, I didn't realize that you know he's lost in the, in the first round for the last five years that one year they went to the conference finals they got swept that was without KD when the Warriors didn't have KD. So I don't know if it's fully on him. You know, I'd fire Neil O'Shea. Um, you know, he put this roster together. I liked the roster, you know, uh, before the season. I, I had them going to the conference finals, I think, uh, number two seed. You know, they got some defensive players, and then some of them, you know, weren't playing as often. You know, Derek Jones Jr. wasn't playing as much as he should have. Uh, Robert Covington, he had a great defensive year. Um, you know, in overtime of the game, he missed two dunks. Um, I think it comes, and then Nurk, he's in and out of the lineup, always fouling out. Um, I think you got to move on from him. I think you got to move on from Zach Collins. Zach Collins is always injured. He was supposed to be the defense presence down there to help with Jokic. He's out all the time. He's still young. He feels like he's barely played the last few years. Um, and then, honestly, like I like CJ a lot. Um, you know, Right now, Portland doesn't have any first-round picks. They traded two first-round picks to get Robert Covington. Uh, so I think you're kind of tied to him for that. Um, I think CJ it ha it has the most trade value. And for Dame to be able to win a championship, CJ needs to be, for Dame, what Clay is for, for Steph. I mean, he can light it up. You know, game six, Clay versus OKC. He has that crazy game to keep him in that series. And then they win that next game, coming back from down from 3-1 in that series. CJ needs to be able to, to put pressure on the defense, whoever they're facing, 
and say, hey, you know, I got, I'm hot this night. I'm going to drop 40, drop 35, 40 on you guys, 50. He does it in like random spurts. He did it earlier this season when he was part of a trade rumor with James Harden, and then they were playing them, and then he had like 45 or something crazy. But he needs to be able to do that more consistently. He had, he was like nine, nine of 21 or something that last game. He had 21 points. He just kept missing threes. He was like two of seven of threes. And, and Dame, Dame gave him some open looks, and he kept missing his shots. And, and I think Dame needs someone who's as consistent as him, you know, like like Clay was for for Steph before he got injured. You know, he had his moments where you know he was he had the hot hand. He had the most threes in a, in a playoff game. He had that game six. He has big moments. CJ, I feel like, you know, he's good, but he is limited offensively, and he could only take you so far. It seems like, and they've already been down this road for several years now, and I feel like it's reached. Like the as far as they can go, they've with that team they've gone. You know the conference finals. I think that's like the peak of their team, and then they get swept. You know without KD, like that's that wasn't a good look either. And I think uh, I think it's Neil O'Shea. They gotta get rid of him. And then you know they got rid of Terry Stotts. But who do you bring in next? You know there's rumors about Chauncey Billups. I like to see him getting a, a coaching position there, getting a shot. Uh, but I think you gotta trade CJ. Get try to get some recoup some first round picks. And get some young talent. You know, there's some rumors about maybe uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, who else would be there? I'm not sure. Maybe I don't. I don't know who else you would even trade him for. You know, who who is trying to take uh, C.J. McCollum on? Uh, there was some people who were throwing out Ben Simmons, but you need someone who can who can put up numbers like Dame, who can take the pressure off him offensively, so he's not constantly getting doubled. Um, I like Ben Simmons for uh, defensive scoring, but who's going to be the other person, or not defensive scoring, for, for defense, but who's going to be the other person that's going to be able to uh, to put up numbers like Dame? And I think that's the problem. That's what you need. You need a, a, a number two, a solid number two, because sometimes CJ is a number three in some, in some nights, and you need someone who's going to be a number two, and then some nights he could be a number one because he has a hot hand. And I feel like Portland doesn't really have that. Cantor, I'm not sure if you can bring back Cantor. There's only certain certain spots where you can use him, and then some some nights he can't play defense, so he's basically not in the game the entire time. So um, I think they got to trade CJ. Uh, they got to they got to do an overhaul of this roster, and you know get some first round draft picks back, get some talent, get someone who's a, a two way player. That's what they needed a solid two way player. Um, and because you know Dame Dame's frustrated. He's thirty. He's gonna be thirty one. He he said he's been so loyal to Portland. He doesn't have to be loyal to Portland, but he has been, and they need to reward him for that. They need to make a big move. They got Carmelo Anthony three years too late. Now he's thirty seven, thirty eight years old. I, I like Carmelo Anthony, but he shouldn't be playing thirty minutes a game, taking twenty shots a game sometimes. Like he he just shouldn't be. You know he shouldn't be helping. You know. Uh, help defense on Jokic who's the MVP just won the MVP and double overtime in the playoff series you know he shouldn't be helping in that manner you know you should have other guys that you can rely on but you know I I thought this roster was gonna be a lot better but that they were just horrible uh defensively so I think I think that's what they do they either run it back with the same guys or they trade CJ they don't bring back Nurk and then they just you know add some pieces around and around Dame and just try to try to capitalize out of his contract the most because I think he's going to be making like 53, 50 million plus or something when his super max starts here soon. Um, so 
I mean, that that's that's what we're looking at here with Portland. And, you know, he posted some, some cryptic uh, Instagram quotes or something about, you know, how long should he stay committed or whatever. But I think, you know, I think he's just upset about, you know, the way they lost. It was disappointing, you know, to say the least. But um, I think he's still, he will still stay loyal. He's not going to demand a trade or, or quit on the team or anything like that. You know, I don't think he's that kind of guy. You know, I honestly I wouldn't fault him at this point if he did do that, because uh, they've they've just come up short so often. Even they'll have a good regular season, they'll bounce back, and then they'll just fall short time and time again. And you know, you you need to maximize what you have in Damian Lillard. He's I some people say he's the best point guard, number two, top three, whatever you want to say. Like he's right there. And, you know, any any night of the week, he could drop 50, you know, and he's such a great shooter, great leader, great teammate, and a great player. And they, they need to get the right players around him because, you know, he, he's a championship-type player, uh, but those other pieces aren't working right now. Uh, New York Knicks ended up losing to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I was wrong about that one. So Atlanta Hawks now are facing off against uh, the Sixers, uh, who they just beat. So now they have a 1-0 lead on the Sixers are playing right now. Um, but, you know, Joel Embiid's playing, though. So I, I thought, you know, the only way that the Sixers would lose to the Hawks would be if Embiid was out. But, uh, you know, kind of like Booker, people kind of anointed uh, Trae Young as the next guy. Um, you know, he got a lot of Curry comparisons. You know, he's more like a souped-up uh, Steve Nash. And, you know, I was part of the crowd. I, I got to see in the playoffs. I got to see you be consistent in the playoffs. So Julius Randle, I was disappointed. He didn't. He was not consistent. He had a terrible series, and they lost because of it. Trey Young, he was great. He was amazing, and they made it to the next round. So I got to see you at least win a, a playoff series. John Morant, he showed out too. We're seeing the next generation of stars. You know, Luka, even though they lost, he put up great numbers. This is like kind of a change of the guard of like what the next generation is going to look like. Donovan Mitchell has been great. You know, all these guys, you know, they're 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 taking advantage of the spotlight. You have LeBron out. You have, you know, Steph Curry, they didn't even make it. Uh, you know, so you have these big names who aren't going to be in the playoffs. And so now, you know, we got to see this product out here. We got to see these these younger guys compete and and you know, have great playoff games and and it's exciting. You know, you're seeing in the younger generation and you know it's okay when lebron retires when curry retires we're gonna have the the nba is so so filled with with all these talented players you know so many skilled guys you know it's evolved so much over the years you know since if you look back at old videos of of uh of athletes back then trying to dribble a basketball you know they they all they're all looking down and they're all you know dribbling with one hand and and now we're, we have we have uh, centers who are who are playing point guard, you know, so it's crazy. So I think it's uh, I love seeing uh, these young guys, you know, having great playoff playoff success so far, um, and you know that's the future of the game, and and it's great to see. Um, and then who else we have here? Um, so far, you know, I, I, last episode I apologized to Milwaukee Bucks, you know, for saying they weren't going to do anything and for saying they're going to lose the Miami Heat. Well, now they're down two zero against uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, and this is Brooklyn Nets without James Harden. James Harden got injured early in that first game. You know, he injured his hamstring, and it doesn't sound good for James Harden. He might be out for a good portion of the playoffs. Um, and, you know, if he misses the rest of the playoffs, I think the Nets could still win the championship. You know, you have Kyrie and, and KD, and they've looked 
amazing against a Milwaukee, who I, I just thought Milwaukee was going to be able to put up a, a better fight. But now they they just got blown out this last game. And, and Blake Griffin's playing serious minutes, and all of a sudden he's just like, oh, hey, man, I'm Blake. I'm back. You know, I was so wrong about him. I thought he was done because uh, he just looked just washed in uh, in Detroit. But I guess it does, you know, change of scenery is good, especially when you have a chance to win a championship. You're going to get all pumped up, you know. So, um it's just embarrassing the way the Bucks are playing. Um, after this series, if they just get completely swept, I'm gonna rescind my apology to uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks, and I will be back on what I said before. They need a they need to run the offense through someone else besides Giannis because they end up stopping Giannis by um, by you know making him shoot those stupid three pointers, and then making him hesitate here and there and they need to they need to have the, an, another guy set him up do some pick and roll do simple stuff for him and then have the guy have the ball in the other guy's hands you know you got holiday there you know chris middleton you got other guys you could turn to and i'm not sure why they're not doing that they already know how teams are going to defend them and it, they just like don't have a, a way around it for some reason um so so we'll we'll see how this series plays out but it's not looking good so far I think I did have, uh, I had the Nets going to the finals. I had them beating uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. And um, and then as, as far as uh, the other game here, oh, I have to make another pick since I had the Lakers going to the finals and beating the Nets. They lost, and I still have the Nets going to the finals. They just look uh, unstoppable right now at this point. Uh, but as far as the West goes, I'm going with the Suns, uh, just the way that they beat the Lakers, even though AD was out. Um, and I like... I like the way that they're playing right now. Um, they they're look like they're taking the next step. I think they're going to go to the finals. And I just I want to pick everyone against the Brooklyn Nets. They're like the Nets are like the ultimate hate watch. I just I just can't stand watching them. Just when every time they win, I'm just like, okay, dude, like, all right, you know, you got Kyrie there, you got Harden, and KD. You know, when he was on the Warriors, like, okay, and, and OKC, but I don't know, man. Ever since he got on Brooklyn, he's just been. Annoying, and then Blake Griffin just you know fleeced the the Pistons for seventy million dollars, and now all of a sudden he's he's athletic again, and he's he's giving effort, and he's just like a different player now. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna pick the Suns to beat the Nets. I'm not picking the Nets to win, maybe next year, but you know I have them go to the finals. But I, I'm rooting for the Suns. I want Chris Paul to win a championship. Uh, Phoenix Suns, they have never won a championship. Um, I love their Valley uniforms there's those black ones those are really cool um and then devin booker love the way he's playing um he's been just really aggressive which i love and then deandre and he's shown a lot as well um and then jay crowder i've been a fan of jay crowder since he was in, at marquette and then when he was in boston and um yeah like that dude so i'm, I'm going for the suns um and then as far as uh celtics we had some uh, brad stevens news you know, he, he stepped down, or no, Danny Ainge first, he stepped down from his position as uh, as GM, uh, president of, uh, of basketball operations, and Brad Stevens has been promoted to that position, which was kind of a shock, because he's, what is he, 43, 44, and, you know, apparently he's already been, t he's already burnt out from coaching, you know, he had COVID, they had a bunch of roster issues, uh, but Danny Ainge apparently is not retiring, they framed it that way. But he has interest in Utah. He's friends with the uh, the CEO or the owner of the team. They're both from Eugene, and he has some interest in Portland. So Portland, I think, if uh, they got rid of Neil O'Shea, I think they should bring Danny Ainge in. You know, because Danny Ainge, he's not afraid to pull the trigger. You know, he he. I know 
people in recent years, people were saying he missed out on Harden and AD and all that. But, you know, he did bring uh, KG there. Ray Allen, Boston, got a championship. He made some big moves. And then he also fleeced uh, the Brooklyn Nets, got those picks. They didn't handle those, oh, those picks also. You know who they turned into? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. He can scout. And now the Celtics have two centerpieces because of that. So if I'm Portland, I'm trying to get Danny Ainge over there. I would have already called him, tried to figure out what the uh, the buyout for Neil O'Shea's contract is. He has about three years left, I think. Um, and, yeah, that's what I'd be doing. And then for the Celtics, you know, now Brad Stevens has to find another coach to replace him. Not even sure what he's looking for. I had no idea he had interest in being in the front office. We don't know if he's going to be good at this. He, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA, I think. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to translate to – uh, to front office, you know, he sure he can evaluate and stuff. And, you know, this could be a home run for them, you know, depending on how, um, how he manages and how he's able to, um, to handle the transition there. Um, I just thought it was weird that he's, um, that he was, he was like just burnt out from coaching, you know, it seemed like he needed a long vacation cause he's still young. You know, he turned down other offers from Indiana then you got one from Texas, other other head coaching jobs. You know, the, the, people want him. They know he's he's a brilliant basketball mind, um, and I think Boston was just scared of losing him. But it, it's something's weird there. It just seems odd that uh, that they would do that. You know, he had no experience there in the front office, and then they just move him up like that. It just seems kind of odd. Um, so I'm not sure who they hire, um, but you know, if they they value him that much and they think he could do the job, then yeah, you know, sure, good for them. Um, you know, but they have some some roster decisions to do. And, you know, it's kind of funny. You, he just went from coaching him. Now he's going to go from to, like, trading Marcus Smart or or getting rid of some guys. But, you know, people have said recently that they should trade Jalen Brown, but that's crazy. You got Jason Tatum. You know, he, he's going to be a great player offensively. He already had some He had some great games against Brooklyn. Uh, but Jalen Brown's good, too. You know, they at certain points, they're head-to-head. You know, Jalen Brown could have a, a, a great night. And then Jason Tatum could have a good night, another night. You know, they, they could take turns. You know, they're give and take. Um, so I don't think you split them up. You have two great young talents right there, and you got to keep both of them. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was an interesting move there. And Coach K announced his retirement after this season. Um, and, you know, college basketball is getting a, a big shakeup there because, uh, you know, also Roy Williams retired um, after this past season too. So um, you're going to have some different faces there on the sidelines there for Duke and and North Carolina, we've seen those guys just there for, I mean, since before I was born, they were there, you know, so um, that was kind of crazy, uh, tough to see. The Julio Jones got traded to uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, I think it was for a couple second-round picks or third-round picks, something like that, but they didn't get a first-round pick, uh, the Falcons, but I just thought it was weird that if the Falcons were already planning to trade him, why why would they take uh, Kyle Pitts? Why wouldn't they just take a quarterback for the future, ride it out with Matt Ryan until he, he's done? And then just you know just develop a quarterback during that entire time, but they took Kyle Pitts, so I just thought that was kind of weird. Uh, but now if you if you look at Tennessee now, you know Ryan Tannehill uh, restructured his contract uh, to make room for Julio. You got AJ Brown. AJ Brown, I I've been drafting him in fantasy football since his rookie year. I think this is his third year now. Dude is great, man. He's really good. Puts up big numbers. Um, he's, he's strong. He's a, a good possession receiver. And I think Julio Jones is going to be great opposite of him. You know, some people are saying Julio is not what he was a few years ago, but the, the Falcons were just bad, you know? And I think in the right offense, which I think Tennessee can be, 
You know, they, uh, hopefully their defense is a little better this year. I've been riding this Tennessee wave for a couple of years now. I think now I think this year I think they're going to make a deeper run than in recent years. Maybe another uh, AFC Championship game. Um, but you know, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he he was inconsistent in Miami. You know, but since he got to Tennessee, overtook the job from uh, Marcus Mariota. He's been great, man. You know, he's been good. He's been he doesn't turn the ball over. He's been accurate. He makes big plays when he needs to. You know, it helps that you have that great running game there with Derrick Henry. But now, you know, instead of every all the teams focusing on Derrick Henry and making Ryan Tannehill beat you with AJ Brown, now you got Julio Jones, AJ Brown. You got some depth there, and then and you also have Derrick Henry. So with Derrick Henry, that's going to open things up for everyone in the in the passing game. So um, I think that was a big move by Tennessee. You know, they had to make a move. Um, and I, I just, I like what they did there. You know, that's gonna, you know, I think they still have Corey Davis too. So, and he, and he could, he has his moments as well. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. I thought that was great. Then, uh, let's see what else. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like I'm forgetting something, but, uh, but I think that's it. So, uh, thanks for listening. Just a quick, uh, quick recap, I guess what happened in the last week, uh, sports wise, so yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for joining. We'll be back next week, discuss more NBA. Maybe we'll have some other stuff as well, but I don't know. I'm not really watching anything else besides NBA. Um, watch Mayor of Easttown. If you haven't watched it, I'm going to keep saying that because um, it was just an amazing show. So um, yep, that's it. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining.